just got a text from my cousin David Baston. It's really funny. He said, storm hits Augusta, Georgia at 2.10 p.m. according to the future radar. They clear the course 30 minutes before, so 1.40. Last group went off at 9.40. We'll turn around at 2.30 is my, is my guess. So preach accordingly this morning. I was like, what? <laughs> Made me laugh. There's, he's spying on me. Apparently there's a big storm coming. It will not stop raining. Hopefully there's some prophetic message. My name is Chad Norris. I'm the lead pastor here at Bridgeway. And I want to read you a passage that the Father showed me in worship in the second service. I've, I've seen this passage many times. I've never seen this in it. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven. This past week, being on the golf course with my son, I just had the thought, I'm a lot closer to heaven than I used to be. Because in my mind, Sam is still like one. Or really, it's even pre-Sam. I remember meeting Wendy. I can tell you memories of meeting Wendy, just rattle them off, and then you realize, man, it's been a long time. Every morning I wake up, it's a morning closer to being to the place that we read a lot about. You go look around, you're not going to know anybody else. The, this, this room may not even be here. Who knows? Years from now, this room could be something else. We're not here forever. And the same voice I heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. And the voice said, come up here and I'll show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit and I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones like Jasper and Carnelian. And the glow of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. I want you to earmark this. 24 thrones surrounded him and 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. A couple of things here. If you do not like structure on the earth, you're not going to like heaven. Because even heaven has structure. I have heard it said recently, we don't even need elders in a church. That's ridiculous. There's elders in heaven. Being passionate for God and abiding in his ways are not the same thing. You may be passionate about a God you've created in your own mind. You know, you can have a figment of your own imagination and call it God and be passionate towards that, and God has no idea what's going on. There's structure in heaven. But the other thing that, that really just, I don't know, just jumped off at me. The Father gave him gold crowns. The Father loves to give gifts to those he trusts, gold crowns. I'd love to know what those crowns are worth. Gold crowns. All right, so earmark that. Let's keep reading. Here's where it gets weird. This is where I typically call Jamie Galloway when I get into this section. Here we go. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder, and in the front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames, and this is the sevenfold Spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass, sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes front and back. And the first of these was like a lion, the second an ox, the third a human face, the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were all covered with eyes, inside and out. Day after day, night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. All right, now watch this. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, 
the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne. Before we even get into what they said, there's a principle here. The father does not mind at all, given those he trusts. Because apparently, I promise you, these 24 elders didn't win the lottery. I guarantee you, whatever they gave their lives to was training ground to have that job. Not not all rank in heaven is the same. There's actually rank in the angelic realm. There's rank in the demonic realm. Seems a lot of spirit-filled people can't stand the talk of rank. There's rank in the military. There's rank, rank in the kingdom of God. Remember Jesus marveled at the Roman centurion when he understood authority? But when you get elevated to that high place, which I can't imagine, the natural response of being that close to God is almost an inability to keep the gift he gave you because you know you don't deserve it. And if you're not careful, I, I see this a lot. If you're not careful, you will even focus on spiritual capital, but you're actually trying to get spiritual capital just to get to financial capital. Let me explain myself. A lot of people want God for other things than God. A lot of people want God for their own gain. Over the last 22 years, if I've led people, most people I've ever led evaluate the success of their life on the least capital of all the capitals God looks at. Money. Spiritual capital is that deep intimacy, close friendship, covenant with God Almighty. And for me, I'm not saying it's always been this way. I just want him for him. I want him for him. If we're not careful, we come to God with ulterior motives, and many times they're so hidden that we don't realize it's even in play. Can I have have a water, babe? You can just chunk it. I called you, babe. Joe was about to hand it to me. Just make sure I wasn't calling Joe, babe. (laughs) Do you know that I'm not sure there's anything more gross to God than that? To come to God acting like you're coming for him, but you really want other stuff? Mm. I mean, I just, I want God for God. And a lot of people who are even going after God, when the breakthrough doesn't come, they kind of fizzle out. It's proof and evidence and fruit in the natural that they weren't coming to God for God. They were coming to God for the breakthrough. For example, people that give to this house and serve to this house and attend this house when there's not big conferences are those that are more sold out for wanting God for God. A lot of people will show up for a huge conference with big names. Will you show up to your own intercession room at the same time during the week no one knows about it? You're not tweeting about it? Do you want the ability to interpret dreams so that someone will bring you into the next charismatic conference? Or do you want to know him so well that you just want the ability to interpret dreams? I'm telling you, Joseph had, Joseph had no idea that God was going to elevate and be right beside Potiphar. He didn't. The great ones in the kingdom are the ones that not only don't want the gold crown, they can't keep it on their heads. There's nothing wrong with God elevating you in your business. There's nothing wrong with God elevating a minister. There's nothing wrong with God elevating anyone. He put gold crowns on their heads. But if I'm just being real this morning, I see a lot of people that come after God. It doesn't have anything to do with God. They either want that crown, and then when they get it, they want to keep it on their head. There's something about traveling light to whether he gives me a crown or never does. That's irrelevant. And if he gives me a crown, I don't want to keep it on my head. The only way you can get to that place in God is when you have that Isaiah 6 moment of, you are, you're just too magnificent. Um, Since 
this lady who's very dear to me prayed over me a while back. I've had six encounters with heaven itself. One of them is very similar. I didn't see the, the part with the, the living beings, but I, I saw the crystal sea and I, I saw this city and it was, and there was so much power coming out of it. It made me deeply emotional. It made me uncomfortable. If you're walking in close proximity to God, it's very difficult to even expect a crown or even to want to put it on your head or keep it there. See, a lot of the, the books on favor has to do with what you must do to get the crown. The crown's never been the goal. God's the goal. Jesus only had one goal. Even Jesus didn't want the crown. He's the lowly king. Is that rain? That's prophetic. I'm not kidding. That's heavy rain. That comes through Augusta. They're going to be finishing up on Monday. I can tell you that. What are you, what are you in it for? To want God for God is a great place to be. You know, a lot of people, when their kids don't turn out the way they raised them, they get so disappointed because they really, they would never say it, but it kind of embarrasses them. They're not even your kids. Our three are not our kids. This church doesn't belong to me. Nothing belongs to me. This Bible doesn't even belong to me. Psalm 24, 1, everything in the world is the Lord's and everything in it. I just love this, that the, the, the people that got elevated to be elders in heaven, I look forward to meeting them, they can't even keep their crowns on their head. So if I'm strutting around bragging about a crown or even am tempted to keep it on my head, something's way off. Some, something's off. The closer you get to God, you don't get more comfortable. You can't prove that in Scripture with anyone. The closer you get to God, you're afraid to put your hands on anything. and You're afraid to talk too much because you're not sure if you know anything anymore. It's really, un- it's really unusual for someone to have crowns and to be answering every question that someone asks them and prancing around like they're God Almighty. Pretty much, the- it needs to be the posture pretty much all the time of very, very low. The person in my life that exemplifies this the most of anyone I've ever met is my wife. I know her. I see her all the time. Sleep in the same bed with this woman. You can't fake, you can't fake that. And so it's like, well, if I prayed better or maybe journal better or someone got this impartation, then my crown would manifest. Get your hands off the crown. Get your mind off the crown. You're, 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 you put Jesus on the cross. I put Jesus on the cross. You, you ought to wake up so full of gratitude in the morning. It's like, Father, hey, I'm still, I'm still alive. Praise God. I get to worship you one more day. You're going to get to heaven and be in shock. He showed me a picture of this. He's actually showing it to me right now. People, we're going to gawk at other people in heaven and be like, what they do down there? Who are they? It's the unknown nobodies that are a huge deal in his eyes. So if he has given you a crown, don't self-deprecate and not receive it. Because they did receive it. It's on their heads in verse, chapter 4, verse 24 thrones surrounded them and 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. Now he's showing me this about the white. Until you see yourself clothed in white, as clean as Jesus, it's impossible to build friendship with God. The resurrection next Sunday is what I'm going to preach. His resurrection, all it did was promote in me the idea I can step in to put on a royal white garment. They, were, they, they are clothed in righteousness, but they also have received a reward. There's no telling what those things are worth. Think about it. So if he's decided to bless your business, elevate you, you don't want to run from it. But just... Just get so close to him that you keep taking it off and you give it back to him and then he'll put it back on your head and you just take it off and put it right back to him. It's like, that's what the Trinity does. Who can outgive, outserve? Who can get the lowest? 
if you're, if you're wanting a crown to reach for it and then you want to keep it on your head, man, that's no different from Lucifer. That's no different from him in heaven. And see, Lucifer used spiritual language. A lot of people are more spiritual than God is. You can use spiritual language and be abiding more in the devil than you are the father. Lucifer is right beside God and still wanting what God has. You, don't, you should not want what God has. You should just put yourself on the ground before him to worship him for his glory and his honor. And then if somehow you feel something on your head and you don't know what it is and it's a crown and your marriage is being blessed and your business is being blessed and everything you put your hands to is being blessed and someone says, how is this happening in your life? Say, I have no idea. Hang on a second. I'm too busy just talking to him. Father, I just love you and I worship you. When's the last time you caught yourself mumbling out loud to God? in a place where people have no idea what's going on. It happened to me recently. So I was in a meeting, and you know, just being in this culture, we talk about friendship with God so much, I found myself out loud talking to the Father, and I didn't know I was doing it. He's, he's one breath away. He's that real. My college roommate, Blockhead Lynch, a great barbecue man. He's a Methodist man. He's a Methodist consultant. He's been on the, the Coach and Joe podcast. He got his first words of knowledge, word of knowledge in front of me two days ago on the golf course. And I was like, block. And he's like, I did it. <laughs> he's now seeing himself clothed in white. And my college roommate, barbecue, PhD, Methodist consultant, literally is talking to God. And you know what? Out of the blue, Block's wife just got a job that over 120 other people applied for. If God wants to give you a crown, you don't push it away. But just keep going back to the Father and wanting to give it back to Him. And a lot of times, God will sovereignly dry your finances up when you start thinking it's yours or you're using spiritual capital to influence your finances. Makes him sick to his stomach if he could get sick to his stomach. I'm telling you, there's, there's one measure that matters more than all of them times a billion And it's your proximity to friendship with God. All gold comes from him, by the way. It's his. He wants to give it out to his kids. It ought to be irrelevant. If wealth starts manifesting in your life, it ought to be irrelevant. If you chase wealth, it will run from you. You chase the stage, it will run from you. You chase the father, and he he will knock you over. What was that linebacker from Alabama back in the day? Cornelius Bennett. You remember that guy? He ran like a 4-3. It was terrifying to watch him on TV. Just kind of cringe to watch him. You see, the prodigal son in that story, when he gets up to walk back towards the father, that's when the father goes after it. A lot of God's kids are running after everything but the father. Get your hands off all gold crowns. That is my introduction and has nothing to do with my sermon. So let it be. That's good revelation. Because a lot of God's kids on the poverty mindset, oh, I don't deserve a gold crown. Those elders have on gold crowns and they didn't come from themselves. There's nothing wrong with gold. If God wants to give you gold, receive it. You better just give it back. Don't give first fruits. Watch what happens. I have never seen anyone go in lack that has a generous spirit. I've learned this from my dad, my grandfather, my grandmother, and Steve Keys. Steve Keys is one of the most generous people I know. Steve said 18 years ago, don't ever uh, neglect a generous impulse. Something like that, right? Along those lines. See, there's something about Mine, this is Smeagol, my gold crown. You're going to get that crown taken off of you one way or the other. You might as well take it off yourself. It's either you humble yourself or God will humble you. Father, um, I don't know why you gave this to me. Let me give it back. Son, I love you. Put it back on there. Next day, I just wake up. Um, Father, just a quick reminder. I don't know why you're doing that with me. 
daughter, that is why I'm using you because you don't think you deserve it. Put it back on your head. The people that have a hard time wearing a gold crown are those that lead for a long time, longevity, impurity, and character, and influence the nations. Those that want that Smeagol thing, it's the Lucifer spirit. It's what got Lucifer and all his little minions kicked out of heaven. All of them. You can't fake humility. I mean, so it's like, it's funny in some traditions, it's like the, the assets we have, we want to we flaunt them in certain denominations to prove like our blessing. This goes all the way back to the Old Testament. I don't know. If you read The Millionaire Next Door, the great millionaires, you don't even know they're millionaires. Warren Buffett lives in a modest home, wears Timex watches, and resoles his shoes. You let someone else get a crown, it's like, hey, here I am to the world. Y'all get you some of this. Change my name to Money Man or whatever. There, there's, a, there's, a, there's a deep humility in God's greatest friends. He won't let me get off this. If y'all have to, you may, you may have to listen to the liminal sermon earlier. I can't get off this yet. Hang on a second. This is actually not a, a, a challenge to this room. There's a lot of these people in this room. It's the opposite of how he usually does it with me. There are secrets to success in the kingdom. That triggers a lot of people. Remember when Moses dies? God says, Joshua, come here. I'll change your underpants in a minute. I know you're scared. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Joshua, if you'll do this, you'll be successful. And if you don't, you won't. Well, you can't make God a formula. I'm not making God a formula. But his plans, they are formulaic. You get low, you stay low, and you humble yourself, and he'll rise. He'll rise you. And if you don't, you get high and mighty, he will crush you. Not the devil. God. God will oppose a pastor of a church when that pastor of a church has started to think it's about him, even if that pastor doesn't know it, that CEO, that businessman, businesswoman, whatever, consultant, doesn't matter. There, there are formulas in the kingdom. If you go to grass for a crown he's put on your head and you touch it, you will lose it. I've never read anything on this. He showed it to me this morning. There's nothing wrong with the crown. He loves to bless his people and he despises if I take any credit for any crown he's given me. Seriously. There's actually two dangers to this, two big dangers. Do you know one of the dangers that a humble person who would typically never fall for a lack of character and they would go the distance is pure? They have the hardest dadgum time receiving that crown. And do you know if you keep pushing that thing too long, he'll start taking it personally and saying, why are you going to refuse what I want to pour out on one of my kids? He's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. And many of you are stepping into a season of reward not accepting the reward is just as bad as putting your hand on it after, after a gap of time. He's showing it to me. You, you got to know how to dance with the Father. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm white. I'm not, uh, I, uh, I could dance all right. Uh, uh, we did a, did a mission trip in South America one time. There was this big party, and I've never felt more white in my life, ever, ever. But I'm all right. I do have rhythm. Right? I got some rhythm. It's not great, but I have rhythm. I guarantee I have more rhythm than a lot of white people in here. I bet you a million dollars I do. Um, huh? Well, I'm not going to do it right now, but I am pretty good at that. I've got a little, I've got a little, I, I got some beat. All right. I, when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I realized I had to learn how to dance with God. See, if you think God is all one way, you don't have revelation of paradox. And this, even this thing, you've got to learn how to dance with God because there's some of you in here that are so familiar with the poverty spirit, it has become your middle name, and angels that protect you are actually confused. This is the whole narrative of C.S. Lewis's first book when he gets to the end and goes, Peter, Lucy, you guys are a big deal. Start acting like it. If you won't accept the crown, 
it, it's not a good thing. The other side of that coin, when you want the crown, oof, to be honest with you, I'd rather struggle with not wanting the crown than wanting the crown. Not going to lie. You want to be in Christ and turn into a Smeagol? You say that can never happen. Jesus Christ led Judas for three years. Proximity to God Almighty in the flesh. Father. And turned into a traitor with Jesus Christ in the flesh. I don't care where you... It doesn't matter where I start. This whole thing is about where I finish. We see heaven as like the destiny. What if you knew that heaven was the starting line and then you turned backward and whatever you sowed in your life, that's the harvest you reaped. Some of you are paranoid that you're not going to be able to walk in financial peace on this earth and it's like, why am I making all these investments and it's not even manifesting? You're not here long. Everything you sow in here is not even for here. And you say, well, I can live to be 150. So What? You're checking out of here at some point. You've got to get to where you live every day, every moment. Even this sermon, today, this sermon. I may or may not have been cheating and looking at master scores before I walked on stage. But even in this sermon, I do it all the time. It's, it's in my subconscious. When I walk up right here, wherever I'm at, whatever meeting I'm leading, even if it's a one-on-one, it just, it just is in me. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing this? I was with a guy named Sean Tabbitt. He's probably listening to this. I don't think we put this one online, but we were, nobody would know this. It's not being videotaped. It's not a documentary that will shift the nations. I'm in a golf course having a sandwich with him a year ago, and he was doing something with the Sid Roth show, and he wanted to just swing by and connect with me. And I'll be honest, I wanted to play golf that day. I didn't want to meet with him. Sean, if you hear this, I love you. You know I love you. I didn't want to meet with you. I wanted to play golf. And, but the father wanted me to. And uh, that thing came off of me. Why am I doing this? And the father sovereignly led me to this meeting. And when I got to that meeting, I led that meeting as passionately as I do anything else because I know why I'm doing it. The angelic manifested so strong in the restaurant, it was uncomfortable to the waitress. Sean was getting blown up. Sean's not a very charismatic guy, and he was like, what the heck is this? What is this? The angelic was so strong. The whole point, the whole point is this. When you know your why, you're not going after some crown. You learn how to dance with the Father, and when he wants to manifest, I've seen gold dust manifest, literal gold dust manifest so much. It, it is bizarre. It really bothers people, and I love it because I love it when that religious spirit gets touched. I don't ever go after the angelic. I don't go after the prophetic. And I sure don't go after that gold dust stuff. But I'm just telling you, it manifests a lot. Because when you know your why, you're doing it for your pure. You, you stay pure. Five of the seven letters in Revelation, the Lord Jesus Christ is not happy with the church. To say that the Lord is, you know, well, his, his wrath passed away and therefore he's just never unhappy with where we are. And all he does is call out the gold. You can't prove that from scripture. In the book of Revelation, he's not a happy camper. The whole point is this, there is that, there's that one church that he just seems to really value. He values the pure ones that never ask to be an elder, they sure never ask for a crown, and they can't keep it on their heads. That is the biggest marker of success in the kingdom. Because it's actually easier to be trained with lack than it is for him to start putting crowns on your head. That, that you only know where you are when he starts putting crowns on your head. Because what has been prophesied over you, when that stuff manifests, Abraham Lincoln said, all men fall when they've been given a lot. Very few men fall when they've been given nothing. 
And I love the fact, I'm going to read it again in Revelation 4, I love the fact that they can't keep it on their heads. The 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, and they lay their crowns before the throne. They lay them down. They lay them down. You know what I love about this? You can get so addicted to your assignment and destiny that you get depressed and... uh, Deferred hope makes the heart grow sick because whatever he promised you is not manifesting. It's very difficult to get depressed when you're so close to him and you're so close to the literal throne itself that all you do is worship him. You have a hard time even figuring out why everybody else is is upset about what they don't have. See, a lot of times what God will do is he will give us a prophetic word and there'll be a huge gap before that thing manifests because he wants you to see what you're made of. It's why a cactus can thrive in a desert and other plants can't. They have the ability to hold 200 gallons of water, many of them. There's 2,000 cacti in a desert. You've got to get to a place where it's not even about, oh, God, why did you make me a cactus and why can't I be at the Bahamas somewhere? Nope, this is my lot. This is where I live, and even though it's a desert, I'm, I am going to develop something so deep in me in my connection with the water who is Jesus that it's irrelevant what's going on around me. It is amazing how many people live for down here. And I'm speaking to the church. Woe is me. Nothing's manifesting. You're passing through this big old beautiful planet. You're not going to be here long. So many people live for down here. And they get so mad when things don't manifest. Who do you think you are to deserve anything? Who do I think I am to deserve anything? I don't deserve anything. We have such a spirit of entitlement in the church, it's become repulsive. You don't deserve anything. Nothing. You get mad because a word hasn't manifested. Perhaps you become your literal own God. There's something that's been such a blessing to me in the past year. He's taken me through a lot of challenges. I've looked at them differently than I ever have my entire life. Part of that's just maturity. There's a big difference in being 36 and 46, you know? I can't imagine the difference in being 86 and 46. But I've started looking at them. I, 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 there's not the woe is me thing. Remember when you're real young, you have a thumbnail, and you, think, you feel like the world's ending? Then you meet that couple who went through a divorce and got remarried. One of them fought cancer for four years. They've been through so many wars. And there's such a deeper level of appreciation and maturity and connection to God on the other side of the battle. You, I, you can smell someone that has no entitlement. There was a man that used to mentor me. And um, I got a word of knowledge over him one day. I said, are you a millionaire? God shows me you're a millionaire. He said, mm-hmm. I would have never known that in the natural I don't, personally, I don't want to resole my shoes. I wanted to spend about $10 billion at the Pebble Beach golf shop a month ago. Oh, my goodness. I, I mean, it was like, look at this. I was like, Wendy, when we die for good in life, this is where you go when you die. <laughs> God gives you a house over number seven. You stare at the ocean. I laughed at Jessica Longshore recently. She's over student ministries here. She thought Warren Buffett was Jimmy Buffett's dad. I laughed so hard. I said, Jessica, do you know who Warren Buffett is? She goes, no. I was like, don't ever admit that in public. I will do that for you, but don't you ever admit that. <laughs> it just, there's, just, there's, a, there's a humility to it. There's a, God cares more about friendship with you than you looking successful in the natural. 
Do you know that his greatest rewards he gives there are the ones that the people who are supposed to know know? You, I can't make you see into heaven these thrones, and I can't make you see the gold that's on their heads. There's something about there's something about how God will hide something and then give you a passion to discover it. Even this, even though it's in the word, you have to exercise faith to believe it. There's something about heaven knows these crowns. God slipped in the back door of Nazareth undetected. He's a very subversive God. And if we're not subversive, if we don't value fasting in private or prayer in private more than the public blessing. There's something very private about this to me. He's showing me two realms right now. There ought to be more joy in me connecting with him with a small intimate few or even by myself a lot than some crown he were to give in public to reward me. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like if you live for the applause of man and you want that crown, you've already lost if you accidentally stumble into some accolade that he wants to give to you, just give it back to him. And there is some principle in here related to finances that he's showing me. We're going to do a series on finances coming up soon. There's some, there's some wealthy people in this room. Listen to me. When your finances, when he has all of your finances and you don't stop giving to him, he literally cannot help himself. Because what, what, is, what is this? I mean, he gave them the crown. They give them back. Well, he doesn't keep what you give. He gives it back. He is a giver. That's his middle name. He is a blesser. Hebrew word, Barak. He created you to bless you. He loves to bless. Loves to bless. I'm just saying the point, the emphasis is on the blesser, not the crown. And so much of hyper grace that has distorted the church and has become a disgusting message in the church, it's somehow become about the crown. Favor is not even about the crown. Favor is not about favor. It's about Jesus. And the people that... You you could get to a place where you could could be given whatever blessing you can come up with and it it doesn't have to phase you. The Father's showing me right now, there's many of you in this room, he's going to begin to train you in favor. You two are... are, When you were sitting on the front row this morning, I'm like, I'm not giving them that word again. I've already given them that word two times. You remember forever ago I gave you two, y'all were sitting right back here. It was when you first got here, I think. Remember? And I, I saw um, just influence and wealth all over you. And when you two were sitting up front this morning, and I might have been watching the Masters, trying not to let Wendy know I was watching it, and I looked over at you, and I knew, I, I just, I saw this. When God decides to train you with favor and you pass that test, I'm telling you, you go into the upper echelon of friendship with him. The upper echelon of friendship. A lot of people that walk in bondage are more comfortable in bondage than they are with favor. See, if you're not careful, you'll be afraid of favor. I'm telling you, the gold crowns came from the Father. Let him train you. Let him train you. Just do this. you got two options. When the crowns come, you can keep your hands here or just keep your hands on the trigger. Just keep your hands on the crown. As soon as it hits your head, Father, thank you so much. And then what he does is, I got a nicer one for you because of your humility and uh, authenticity and integrity. I can trust you. How about this crown? And finally, you just give up and say, all right, if that's the crown you want me to wear, 
You know what happened? William Seymour, when he went, he played the igniter role for the Azusa Street explosion of God on the earth. He used to preach, not all the time, but many times he would preach with a literal box on his head with two little holes in a little place where he could breathe. So, so that nobody would look at his face while he preached. Well, you know what God did in return? He made him one of the greatest leaders of a move of God in the history of the world that hit all seven continents. So what happens is this. Yes, humility is so honored by the Father, but he can't help himself. What he did to Seymour is he said, I'm going to use you as a spark plug to a movement they'll be talking about 10 million years from now. Don't pray for the crown, but don't reject the crown. And when the crown comes, give it right back to the Father. Let's stand up. I preached a good sermon this morning on liminal silence. You ought to go listen to it. I thought it was pretty good. Babe, come up here and stand with me and let's pray for, pray for these people. Ooh, I, I got an invitation. All right. Okay. I've, this is, see, I struggle more with the other side of stuff, the poverty side of stuff. Um, if God's hand is on you and you are either walking in wealth or heading towards wealth, I want you to come forward. I'm going to speak a blessing over you. It will be more. You're either walking in wealth or towards wealth. God's been doing a great work in me trying to kill the fear, man. I, I didn't cooperate for a while, but I've been cooperating a lot more. I'm going to say exactly what he's just showing me. Can we spread out? we got some more room right over here, too. The lowly ones, the lowly ones, the lowly ones. I renounce any curse ever spoken over this church that there's anything wrong with wealth. I reverse it. Father, send that thing to hell where it belongs. There is nothing wrong with wealth. Matter of fact, it comes from the Father's hands. I bless all of you that are at, at this altar right now that you would just be you would you would be trigger happy with the with the crown. Toss it back. Just toss it back. I'm gonna ask you to do a prophetic act right now. Literally just put your hands on your head and just give him the crown. Just give it to him. And pour out your heart to him right now and just tell him. I feel a deep, deep I just feel like I'm about to start crying. Just, just talk to him. Talk to him out loud. Give it back to him. Now, here's what I want to do this morning. I want everyone who's down here, you're going to be the prayer servants this morning. The invitation is not to come get an impartation for wealth. The invitation is to come to get an impartation for humility. I'm going to ask these people to come to the altar and then turn around and face the other way. And if you would like prayer this morning, we'll end here. If you would like prayer for the humility, just the trigger happy, give the crown back thing, come for that. Please don't ask for an impartation of wealth. Come for humility. God bless you. Have a wonderful week.